0: So we are a little light in attendance this morning, aren't we? Is it the weather, I wonder? Surely it's not the preaching. Our epistle this morning. Apostle Paul writes about division within the church in Corinth. Division seems to be a subject that's uh, prevalent these days. And so maybe it's totally appropriate that this passage of Scripture was chosen in the lectionary for just such a time as this. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, according to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible for the day will disclose it. Because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burned up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire." Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If you think that you are wise in this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast about human leaders, for all things are yours. Whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all belong to you. And you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. What does all that mean, Pastor? Well, it means that whether we're building buildings or churches or nations, it's really all the same. See, when I was a kid... We used to build forts. Did any of you build forts when you were a kid? We lived in uh, La Rabida, Spain for a couple of years when I was growing up. And one of the things that my friends and I loved to do was roam the countryside and build forts around our neighborhood. We'd build them out of whatever we could find. And as I recall, we built at least a fort a week because they never stood up for much more than that. We were always building these flimsy structures into the hillside or in washouts or up against trees. And the wind and the weather would usually take them down within a matter of days. And then we'd have to rebuild Or the other kids in our neighborhood would tear them down easily and take our building materials to build their own forts. We weren't master builders by any means. But my dad was an engineer. He built refineries, which is why we were in La Rabida in the first place. So one day, I took our flimsy fort problem to him and He recognized immediately what it was that we were doing wrong. He asked, what kind of foundation are you starting with? It's the first time I think I'd ever heard the word. Foundation. What is a foundation? And so he said, there's your your issue. That's your problem. You aren't building on anything substantial. So Whatever you build is just going to crumble with not much effort at all. So my dad, being this problem solver, set out to show us, me and my friends, how to build a proper fort. And he gathered materials over the next few weeks. He got uh, an old guardhouse from the construction site. And he got some large wooden fence posts. And he bought sacks of cement and rock and sand. And a few weeks later, we went to work in our backyard setting posts in concrete. We built solid walls out of eucalyptus logs that we cut up. And we wired them together and we anchored them to the posts that we had sunk into the ground. And the guard shack was in the middle of this Perimeter of eucalyptus logs, and it was big and sturdy and well built. And there was this big eucalyptus tree in the corner, and on that, we started to build a tree house. And it was quite simply the most magnificent fort I think we had ever seen as kids. And two years later, when we left La Rabida, it was still standing for whoever. Bought the house after us. It lived through weather, wind, rain, neighborhood kids trying to conquer it. It was sturdy because it was built on a foundation. My dad built a foundation and we went to work building upon it and making sure that everything that we added to it was firmly anchored to that foundation so that it would last and last. And anything that wasn't anchored to the foundation, we tore out and started over again, making sure that it was. And Paul, in this scripture, is telling us that we need to build On a solid foundation. He says, to put it another way, you are God's house. Using the gift God gave me as a good architect, I designed blueprints. Apollos is putting up the walls. And let each carpenter who comes on the job take care to build on the foundation. And he says, remember, there is only one foundation, the one that's already been laid, and his name is Jesus Christ. Take particular care, he says, in picking out your building materials. Eventually, there's going to be an inspection, he says. If you use cheap or inferior materials, you'll be found out. The inspection will be thorough and rigorous. You won't get by with a thing. If your work passes inspection, fine. But if it doesn't, your part of the building will be torn out and started over. Now, you won't be torn out, he says. You'll survive, but just barely. You realize, don't you, that you are the temple of God and God himself is present in you. No one will get by with vandalizing God's temple. You can be sure of that, he says. God's temple is sacred and remember, you are the temple. Don't fool yourself. Don't think that you can be wise merely being up to date with the times. If you're going to be a fool, be God's fool, he says. That's the path to true wisdom. What the world calls smart, God calls stupid. In Scripture, it says, He exposes the chicanery of the shik. The master sees through the smoke screens of the know-it-alls. Paul says, I don't want to hear any of you bragging about yourself or anyone else. Everything is already yours as a gift. Paul, Apollos, Peter, The world, life, death, the present, the future, all of it is yours and you are privileged to be in union with Christ who is in union with God the Father. So what he's saying to us is so, whether we are building forts or churches, and by churches I mean both the building and the people within the building, Whether we're building churches or nations, we must build on a strong foundation. Paul reminds us that we are the temple. And special note here, he doesn't say that we are the temples, plural. But rather that we together are the temple, the house of God, the body of Christ, the church. Each of us is a living stone. Alive because of the Holy Spirit that resides in us. A living stone in the structure, the church, which is built on the foundation of the living Christ. And if that's true, then we need to ask ourselves this morning. Upon what is my structure built? If Christ is the foundation upon upon which lasting structures are built, have you done a building inspection of your life recently? Is your life up to the standards of the world, or is it up to the standards of the one true building inspector? If you are built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, have you added any unauthorized additions to your life structure that aren't up to code? Paul is telling us that those unauthorized additions won't pass inspection. So you might as well tear them out and get your life structure set right today. Whatever you have added to the foundation of Christ that is clearly anti-Christ-like, it's time to tear those additions down and get your life up to code. And finally, remember this. Paul says that you who are built on the foundation of Christ, you have it all already. There's no need to add those unauthorized additions. You have it all already. For all things are yours, he says. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all belong to you. And you belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to God. That language sounds really familiar to me. Does it to you? I think we've heard it before. It's the same idea that Paul gives us in Romans, the eighth chapter, one of my favorite passages where he talks about the foundation of God's love for you, for me, which is only found in Jesus Christ. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, will He not with Him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? That's you. It is God who justifies who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, Who indeed intercedes for us. Do you hear that this morning? God has our intercessor at his right hand, Jesus Christ. Even now, whispering words of affirmation and love into the Father's ear on your behalf. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. More than conquerors in Him. Who loved us. And here's my favorite part. And this is what Paul was telling us. In Corinthians to the church at Corinth. About division. About these things that divide us as a people. Whether we're in a church in Corinth. Or whether we're in the United States of America. Whether we are Republican or Democrat. Or something in between. What foundation are we built on? What have we added to our structure that does not belong? Can we be unified in the love of Christ? Yes, we can.